From Connect Booster, I'm Ryan Goodman. Today, I have the distinct pleasure of talking to Marvin B., owner and president of MB Systems and host of the Podnuts podcast. Marvin has a unique perspective on the channel as both an MSP and a media professional who talks to the movers and shakers in our industry here. In our conversation, we touched on his unique IT experiences and insight from being an IT entrepreneur. Here's what Marvin had to say. You can't think of businesses as a single transaction and you can't value a customer based off of one event. You want to base a customer off of their lifetime value. As a car dealership, you know, sometimes it gets lost that, you know, you think, oh, well, they're just going to buy a car. What you want is you want a family to buy a car every time they need a car. And that mentality of keeping the customer coming back. Marvin, thank you for taking the time to be on the show here. I know uh, as a professional, not only an IT professional, but all of the stuff that we're going to talk about today that you're involved in, you're a busy guy. So I really do appreciate you uh, spending some time with us here today. Well, I got to say first, thank you for asking me to be on. So I am happy to be here. Oh, you bet, man. Um, so I'm really interested in discussing, you know, really your success and challenges as an MSP, a longtime MSP, as well as a podcaster. But before we get into all of that, I have some other questions to get out of the way. As is that cool with you? Uh, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, it goes. You're like, well, now what am I getting myself into? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, so, uh, you know, I had mentioned a second ago with all the hats that that you do wear. You know, an IT pro, business owner, uh, of course, a podcaster. How do you describe when friends and family ask? What the heck do you do, Marvin? How do you, how do you describe that? So it's it is an odd thing to have to answer sometimes, and depending on who a, who asks the question, yeah, depends on how I answer. So when it comes to people asking me about my business, I just tell them, you know, I run a networking support company. Sure. And as the eyes glaze over, I just tell them, <laughs> I basically take care of servers and desktops for law firms. And then they like, oh, okay, sounds complicated. Right. Yes, it is. Right. right. <laughs> that's, a, that's what I tell them. And I can't talk about that any further. <laughs> that's right. I have disclaimer uh, agreements with all of my clients that they don't allow me to to tell you what they do. Yeah, yeah. No, that that makes a lot of sense. Um, so you've been involved in IT for a long time, and from what I understand, a little birdie told me that that I mean, all the way back in your college days, you know, you started messing around with computers. Um, did your IT career begin then, or you know, was it an earlier point than that? I should probably clarify that just a little bit because <laughs> I, so I never wanted to be this computer guy or geek or anything like that. I was the sports guy. I okay. was a student council guy. I was, you know, in all the clubs. So computers was the last thing on my mind. But when I got to college, my freshman year, my roommate had a, it was great. His name was Chaz, if that tells you anything. That sounds and, like a good time already. <laughs> and he was head of the computer lab. So every night we always had some sort of computer or hard drive or something on the floor of our dorm room. Yeah. And I just kind of started picking stuff up and he would you know, talk out loud and I would start helping him with things. And as we were working through problems, he's like, you know what, you'd be great at such and such. So my first foray 
into the IT world was being the computer tutor at the lab at the college. You're kidding me. Wow, that's cool. That was it, yep. No way. So that's how I started, and then it just kind of kept on, and I would dabble here and there and started doing stuff on the side. But uh, no, I didn't want to do this, <laughs> if, that's what you're, if that's what you're asking. And here I am 23 years later. Here I am, yeah. <laughs> so there's a big gap between computers on the dorm room floor, you know, becoming the go-to guy, you know, in college at the computer lab to, you know, now I'm talking to an entrepreneur, right? Um, at what point did you make that shift out of college and say, this is going to be in my career. And oh, by the way, I'm going to take some risk and I'm going to own a business along, along lines of the exact thing that I don't want to do. Now I'm going to add some risk to that, that game. <laughs> yeah. So I guess the short way to put it is there's a movie out, uh, with Morgan Freeman where, um, he has a line that says you do what you are. Hmm. And if you don't know what that is, you get good at something along the way. Yeah. So when I got out of high school and went to college, I had a completely different career path. I thought I was going to be in business. I thought I was going to do the corporate route. Mm -hmm. But computers was always something I just kind of did. And when I got out of grad school and was working, I was a marketing director here in South Florida for a couple of years, but I always did stuff on the side mm -hmm. to the point where I was building computers and selling them to the local computer store. Okay. They had a, they had a buy, sell and trade. So he would buy the computers and then turn around and, you know, resell them back to the public. And he was always enamored with the fact that when I brought a computer in, it didn't have to go back to their tech room. He could just simply throw it out on the sales room floor, double the price <laughs> and, you know, you know, he was like, when are you going to come work for me? You're building computers better than my guys. Yeah. And I said, as soon as you can match my salary. And he's like, let me get back to you. <laughs> so uh, about six months later, he called. I went to work for them. And that's that's officially when my IT career started. Okay. That was 95. Okay. In 97 is when I got that entrepreneurial spirit, which I had al always had that. So I was a part of junior achievement growing up. Okay. And so I kind of knew how to run a business and all of that stuff. And I thought that that's what I would do. So two years later, after being at the store, I saw an opportunity where I could go out on my own, provide on-site support. And that's how it all started. Oh, that's cool. That's a, that's a, that's a great story. I mean, um, who knew Chaz, man. I mean, you were going down the entrepreneurship way one or another, but I mean, he hit the, he hit the yep. business line for you. He uh, found the sweet spot. I yeah, didn't know that was there. That's super cool. So, from what I understand, you and I and I got this off your off your website. So you you let me know because I know uh, every once in a while I let my website go go and not not, <laughs> not you know how you're like oh crap I need to update that. But this this had mentioned you've been in in business for 23 years, 23 That's plus correct. years, yep. 23. Uh, which is incredible. I mean. You know, I I'm not the biggest fan of like statistics around survival rate of businesses, but you know the failure rate inside of five years can be pretty abysmal. So first and foremost, congratulations on on the longevity. But um, second, what 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 are some of the secrets behind uh, your longevity in in business? And wow, secrets. Well, along the way, I will say this at the start: sometimes you just got to get lucky. Absolutely. But 
in order to be prepared when the luck is there, you got to work hard. So right. one of the things that I always knew to do with whatever business I did was to keep your customers happy. And what I found out in doing this IT work and computer repair is, you know, for businesses, the whole idea is to keep them up and running and keep them happy. Yeah. So that was what I focused on. I didn't focus on anything else. But one thing you got to learn, you do have to focus on the other stuff. You got to focus on paying the bills and getting the income and all of that. But at the heart of it all is, is making your clients love what you do, call you back, make yeah. them customers for life, and have them refer you out to other people. Now, were those were those lessons that were really ingrained in you as you had, you know, started working with the local um, technology company that you're originally selling computers through? Or has that come through, you know, junior achievers? You know, kind of where was that point where you said, okay, if I do this one thing, again, along with the myriad of other things, but if this is one of my top priorities, keeping customers happy, which is going to keep good paying customers. Um, where, where, where did that, where did that kind of hit you as one of your main business principles? I'll be honest. I got that from several different places. Sure. One of the things that I was doing in college and grad school, I did a lot of reading. So even though I wasn't doing this IT consultant thing, I was always reading about businesses that were great. And, you know, I don't have the, the list of books. I should probably should have done that, you know, but a lot of those books talked about, there's one called customer for life. Sure. And it literally lays out the groundwork on the things that you should do. You can't think of businesses as a single transaction mm -hmm. and you can't value a customer based off of one event. You want to base a customer off of their lifetime value. Right. So as a car dealership, you know, sometimes it gets lost that, you know, you think, oh, well, they're just going to buy a car. Well, no, what you want is you want a family to buy a car every time they need a car. Dad buys a car, wife needs a car, kids grow up, kids come back, kids right. get a car. And that mentality of keeping the customer coming back is uh, something that I learned. A lot of that was was reading. Readers are leaders, man. My The, the leader of my uh, lead gen team, that's like his go-to quote, readers are leaders. Good readers become good leaders. That's a good one. It's that's a good a, one. It's a great example of that uh, phrase in action there. Exactly what you just described. That's that's cool. Um, all right, I'm going to ask you just a big, big, broad question. I mean, it's going to come out of left field, and it's, okay. it's. I admittedly, it's tough. It's tough to answer. So, um, I apologize in advance, my friend. What is the biggest challenge you would say that you've encountered? Well, operating MB systems. Oh, the biggest challenge. You know, nobody ever wants to admit that they have challenges, right? Exactly. Oh, so, um, if I had to look back, the challenges that I had, probably the biggest one is when I went through a period of hiring. Okay. And I had it at a point where I had a couple of techs full time. I had an office person. And, you know, I just thought, I know the business, I'll hire people, I'll grow, I'll scale. One of the biggest challenges for me was managing people. Sure. Even though I had been, you know, heavily involved with sports, student government. When I look back, those were easy because those people wanted to be there. We always had a singular goal. Everybody wanted to do the same thing. Well, 
what I'm finding out in business and what I found out back then, not everybody has the same goals. Right. Sometimes the techs are there just for the paycheck. Right. And trying to get them to always see the end result isn't easy. Agreed. So I went through that period of, you know, hiring a few techs and I went through several and, you know, I had my expectations and sometimes I had to learn to adjust myself. Yeah. Because they weren't me. Yeah. I had realized that and I had to realize that they weren't going to be me. You know, it was my business. I'm the one that had the passion for it and wanted to see things go a certain way. They just wanted to get paid. Now, some of them had goals where they wanted to, you know, be their own network admin. And yeah. We couldn't get them to align, but that was, that was my challenge was getting through the people management stuff. Yeah. Were there things that you found uh, along the way that had helped you maybe align yourself? I mean, you certainly um, came to a point where you're like, oh, this is a, a bit of a me problem right now. Um, were there things where you worked to align maybe goals with those individuals or, or was it more just a, a paradigm shift for you that, that, hey, what I want may not be what everyone else wants around me? It was probably a little bit of, of both. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of it was a paradigm shift to realize, okay, that business model may not be what works for me. Yeah. And another part of that was I had to find a way to make a partnership with people. Yeah. So there were people that I necessarily didn't hire, but we formed an impromptu peer group where we were all kind of running our own business and helping each other out at the same time. So that helped me a little bit to see other people doing the exact same thing, running their business in the same industry with the same problems, the same issues. Yeah. And we helped each other out. And then to learn to adjust myself. That's a good point. We get a lot of, uh, you know, feedback on the show about how a peer groups helped, you know, oftentimes it's, it's, it can be lonely at the top and how do you, how do you talk to other people that are actually going to relate to the problems, you know, that, that we deal with as, as business owners. I, that's, that's great advice. Um, one of the other, um, one of the other things that I was interested in asking you about was from what I understand, and this might be part of, you know, what you had described earlier in, in, um, you know, employee management and, you know, helping define, you know, where you fit in the organization and aligning people. I mean, you've figured out how to run a very efficient organization, you know, where you're not dealing with a lot of overhead and, and are able to work well with, you know, contracted resources. Um, I think that's really, really valuable. I mean, you've kind of found your your sweet spot and where you want to operate and have kind of mastered that model from from a guy's perspective looking in and and right. you know seeing what you've accomplished in business, which I think is really cool. Um, was that a part of just understanding who you are and, and what you wanted and and breaking that down and saying, hey, I'm gonna make this for myself? Or um, I'd love to just get that, get inside of your head and inside of that thought process, if you'd allow me. You just turned this into a long form podcast, didn't you? <laughs> I did, man. I'm just really killing you. <laughs> because here's the thing. I think that everybody's idea of what a successful business, obviously it's different. 
but for some reason we always try to pigeonhole everybody we try to standardize and we think that one model is the model and part of my process in starting my business you know at the time just like everybody else i just whatever i could get i got and when I got to the point to where things were comfortable and I didn't have to work as hard to go get the business, the thing that I learned is sometimes it's harder to keep the business than it is to get the business. So I had to learn what is it going to take that once I get that customer that I'm, I'm craving, the customer that I'm chasing, what do I got to do to keep them? What processes do I have to have in place to make things run smoothly? How do I keep them happy? without having to work so hard. So that was a part of what I had to do. The other thing was back when I started, you know, managed services, that name wasn't around. Right. There were, there were other forms of it. There was contracted IT, there were, you know, retainers. And that was the term that I used because I worked with law firms a lot. They understood the word retainer. I'm going to pay you a monthly fee for you to take care of us. Yeah. But I didn't have all those tools that you know the MSPs have now. I didn't have the RMM. I didn't have the PSA. I didn't have the automation. Right. Well, I have that now. But what I also learned is that I didn't have to be the million dollar MSP to make things happen. Yeah. My customers liked me because of the size that I was, the agility that I had, and the fact that I took care of them. When they call my office, you know, one of two people answer the phone. Yeah. They know who they are, and there's there's a comfort level that they have. So that was, I think, the big thing for me was getting to my comfort level. That also was the same comfort level for my customers. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense, and i i like the uh, I like the insight there. I mean, top line, oftentimes for show, but the bottom line is where where the dough is at, and that's you know, and you're business operation and and retaining clients and able to keep healthy margins and making sure you're getting what you want out of the business. I mean, uh, that's the dream, right? Yep. Yep. That's it. Now, that's not to say that I'm not looking to be that million dollar MSP because, for sure. you know, there are times when that, uh, you know, that's nice. But listen, it's all about being happy okay. and my bills are paid. For the most part, my wife is happy. <laughs> I just, oh, can we take some of this offline? I want to get some advice from you in general, man. <laughs> I'm just, I'm going to get in so much trouble for that. <laughs> um, but it was a matter of what's that comfort level. Some people want to just grow and grow and grow and grow. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. Some right. of them want to work out of their house. And there's nothing wrong with that. Right. I'm kind of in between. Yep. And it's a good sweet spot for me. And, and I'm at the point where, you know, I may have to bring on people just because I've got customers that won't leave. Right. So and now I have like customers yep. coming in. Right. So you got to make that, yeah. got to have that balance. Yeah. Where's that scale? Always, uh, yeah, that, that pendulum is in, in existence. It's hard to keep it, keep it still. Right. <laughs> but but yep. it sounds like you're in a nice, a nice range anyway. So that's, that's, that's super cool. Thank you. 
Hey guys, Ryan here for a quick break from our show. We want to thank Marvin B. for joining us on today's episode. You can find out more about Marvin and MB Systems at mbsystems.net and his industry-focused podcast at podnuts, P-O-D-N-U-T-Z dot com. Now, this wouldn't be an ad break without running some ads, so I'd like to talk to you about our product, Connect Booster. Connect Booster is the premier accounts receivable management and payment automation tool for the channel. When our partners invoice and bill their clients, Connect Booster automates the payment, automates the accounting, and gives 24 7, 365 visibility into end clients so they can see current invoices, past invoices, auto pay settings, securely stored checking, credit card data, and so much more. We all know it's hard enough to get in the door of a prospect, and it's hard enough to close the deal. It shouldn't be hard to accept their money when the sale is made. If your business isn't one of the thousands that is getting paid faster with Connect Booster, reach out to us at connectbooster.com to learn more how you can automate your cash flow. Before we get back to the show, we want to let you know all the ways you can find us online. Visit our website, connectbooster.com slash podcast to listen to new episodes before they air on the podcast network. If you'd rather wait, our episodes are available on iTunes, Spotify, Google, and really anywhere you can listen to podcasts. So search Connect Booster on your favorite platform and subscribe to get notified when there's a new episode. If you have suggestions for future episodes or want to be a guest on the podcast, please email us at podcast at connectbooster.com or send us a message on Facebook or Twitter and we'll point you in the right direction. Lastly, if you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes and tell us why you like it. Thanks for listening to the confessions of an IT business owner. We'll get back to the podcast and talk to you soon. I'm going to change gears on you a little bit. Oh, maybe not as much as I, maybe not as much as I think. Um, you know, you really have the uh, the ear of a lot of uh, individuals in in the IT industry, you know. And you had you had talked about you know speaking to lawyers in terms of a retainer. That's you know language that they understood, and that was even before you know the managed service model was really you know the trend. So you've certainly had to pivot and and go through a couple of phases and iterations of of what your business looks like. Um, you know, having so much exposure to the broad market. And understanding conversation, uh, what's your impression on the 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 future of of the MSP model? Do you see a big big pivot coming, or do you feel like we're going to be able to um, operate in this lane relatively unchanged for for the foreseeable future? Wow, that is a very loaded question because Super. Super. Uh, I know you had said you would you know listen to a couple of of our podcast a while back. And that was a topic that came up with the, you know, a lot of our vendors that are growing, that are making changes. And at the same time, we have an industry where MSPs are gobbling up other MSPs to get bigger. So in terms of, you know, will the MSP model be around? I think the short answer is yes, but I think there's a bigger question as to what happens to the SMB market, because not everybody can be served by a very large or very nationalized MSP. Agreed. You know, just like every major business, you know, whether it's Home Depot or Walmart or, you know, any of those, 
there's a local component to that. And whether they're a national chain, you've got to have a localized section. And then you have people that, you know, I'm not going to Home Depot. I want to find, you know, the local hardware guy who grew up here, yeah. who I've known my entire life, I'll buy from him. Or the baker that she's, you know, she's baked my cakes for 30 years. I'm going to keep going to her. I think we still need some of that in our industry. I see a big push, you know, where even though the IT community is talking about, you know, not wanting to commoditize anything, I think there's a part of it that is. Everything is being driven on price. And, you know, what's the lowest cost that I can manage a customer with? It, it's going to be interesting in the next few years. I don't think it's going to change overnight, yeah. but it is something to take note of. And the managed service model, you know, uh, on that last show that you, know, you and I had talked about earlier, the got yeah. data, yeah. you know, one of the topics was, you know, are MSPs sub 1 million going to be able to compete? And I think if they do it right, yes. Yeah. But then if not, because if our vendors don't want to go after that, that sector, then they're going to be turned into trunch slammers or, you know, right. what I'm called the man in the van right. type right. deal. Right. Um, and that's not what we should be. We're all on the same team. We're all working towards the same goal. It's to keep businesses, to keep customers up and running with their computers and their IT infrastructures. Well, I like your thought in the, in the midst of, you know, all the consolidation and M&A, that was a really nice correlation between the big box, uh, you know, retailer as far as Home Depot construction, but you're not going to get someone that's going to sit down with you and probably make plans for your back porch stairs and really know what they're talking about. You could probably get yourself in a bunch of trouble at Home Depot <laughs> asking for help around that. So it's it's that relationship. Right. It's the... Um, ability to have the the time to listen and you know you're going to get the the same quality and the same individual every every single time and they're going to understand your project in that in that scenario and um people crave that you know um it's that balance between convenience and and uh then relationship you know it is it's it's one of those balances that you know it's actually been going on for a long time but I think it's now hitting our industry, but everybody, you know, it's one of those weird things. I always talk about the fact that, you know, people are always looking for the cheapest price until it's something that they really, really want. Yeah. Then money's not an object, right? You know, money's never really been an object for people that want the nicest car or the biggest house. Right. And it's how, you know, relating what we do to like, you know, there are those that are going to buy the Cadillac and, those that are gonna, uh, you know, buy the buy the by the know, Dodge Neon. The, there, there, you there you go, the Dodge Neon, right? But, but you know, I can say that because I own one of those cars, so that's why I can say that. Hey, man, that all, was, all good. It was that's the first good. car that I I went to when I started the business. That's what I drove a Dodge Neon. That's awesome. And, and I had a customer one day look at me and goes, "Yeah, I think you need to be in something else." <laughs> <laughs> Those things are so futuristic when they first came out too with the, you know, they kind of had the throwback to the bubbly headlights and, you know, everything yep. was so squared off back then. It was kind of a radical design. Yep. I bought it because it was sporty. It had the spoiler on the back. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. 
Here we go. I'm taking us off into a tangent. I apologize, Marvin. We're, now we're talking Dodge Neons. <laughs> okay. Happens on my podcast all the time. We take left turns. And, uh, good to see somebody else have to deal with it for a change. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm borderline neurotic, man. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, all right. Speaking of left turns, let's take a hard left and let's uh, start chatting okay. about your podcast a little bit. Um, ah, okay. You know, when did you, when did you start podcasting? So I think I have to go back to 2014 when I started guest appearing on some other shows back when, because that was about the time that I started listening to podcasts. I sure. probably started in 2013 and podcasting was one of those things where I was like, what? Internet radio? Come on. Now, remember, I don't come from a geek background. Yeah. So I take a little extra time to warm up to things. For instance, mobile phones. I didn't want email on my phone when it came out. But of course, every tech is like, no, you got to do it because you got to you got to work with what your customers are going to work with. Right. So podcasting was one of those things. At first, I'm like, yeah, maybe not. But then I started listening to some and hearing other technicians tell their stories. And I was like, oh, I just went through that. Yeah. So there was this community pod nuts where they were allowing people to, to be guests on shows. So I worked with a, a few of them and got on as a guest. And uh, so that's when that started. But I started podcasting full time in 2016 when I took over my current show, Podnuts Pro. It had basically gone on hiatus for a little while. Okay. And they needed somebody to pick up the reins and start it up again. So I stepped in and said, I'll do that. And that's uh, that's when I started. That's awesome. I was going to ask you how that all, you know, came to be, you know, how the name got founded, you know, all of that. It's Well, that's the name that it was before, so yeah. I didn't change yeah yeah <laughs> yeah left. and uh too bad they didn't come up with an msp in the name because that that seems to be the, 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 <laughs> the successful the name in any show yeah but hey now you now you're unique you know what i mean that's yep. you know you're not you won't be lumped in with the others um but what, you know what what is the for for people that are that are interested in going and and checking out your podcast that maybe haven't heard about it before uh you know what are what are some of the focuses that that you outside of the left turns and the spirals that happen in any of these right. things, you know, you know, what, are, what is your, what is your primary objective there? So at its core, PodNuts Pro is a show for technicians, computer repair shops, managed service providers, anybody that supports business clients. Okay. Yeah. So, so you're broad. We, will, we will have anything from products where we talk to vendors and you know, products and services that can help us run our businesses. We'll have stories from other techs that we'll bring on and just, you know, share, you know, client horror stories or, yeah. you know, great, you know, magical moment stories. And then we'll talk about tips and tricks on helping to run the business and make things better. So that's what it is at its core, but it's now kind of expanded to where it's, it can be anything because one of the things that I found out is, you know, we can just focus on the nuts and bolts, but we also have to focus on, okay, what does it really mean to run the business? Mm -hmm. What other problems do you have running the business? So sometimes it's not just about a server that won't start. Sometimes it is, as you, you know, we talked about earlier, managing employees, right? 
keeping the books, cash flow. Right. Um, I'm going to do a show uh, coming up where we're going to talk about, you know, mental health and things of, you know, as a business owner, how do you fight through? You know, there's there's times where, you know, as owners, we're frustrated. You know, oh, yeah. we're stuck at a plateau or we got to bust through or we didn't get the, the deal we thought we got. You know, there's a mental aspect to running the business as well. So I'm going to talk about that on a, on a future show. Yeah, that's awesome. You're 100% correct. I mean, those those are real, real issues that maybe, uh, you know, people that aren't submersed in that leadership role don't don't necessarily think about. But no, that's that's awesome. Um, now, obviously, you're I'm preaching to the choir. That can be time consuming and, you know, editing and, you know, producing, lining everything up. Um, you know, what is it that you get from those those investments of time, you know, what, what drives you to keep producing? So another thing that actually, I should probably do this. Yeah. So a couple of weeks ago, I actually have another podcast that I do. It's a, a personal family and friends one. So cool. It's not one that I want all the text to run to. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Shh. Shh. <laughs> but uh, there was a friend of mine who I hadn't spoken with since high school. And he was sharing a story of something that he remembered that I did for him that he said he will never forget the rest of his life. And I'm sitting there list, listening to the story thinking, I have no clue when that was or why I did what I did. Yeah. But it made an impact on him that now I'm glad that I was doing that podcast and getting back in touch with people. And those are the types of things that, you know, that made me feel good. Yeah. So when it comes to the podcast, as you mentioned, it's, it's a lot of work, you know, hunting down guests and getting people coordinated and getting schedules and coming up with topics and stuff. Right. It's difficult, but what has made me want to keep doing it is the emails that I've gotten, many of which I, won't read on air right? because some of them are personal and they, mm -hmm. they are people that write in and say, I want to thank you for this. It either helped me, you know, and some of them are business related. It helped me do my job faster. It helped me, you know, make the decision and help. But some of them, man, it helped me to keep going. And, you know, at first I thought, you know, well, you know, there's, there's money in podcasting. I can get free stuff in podcasting. You know, the wife asked me when I first started, one of her things was, oh, you think you're going to get famous? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, all that aside, though, it's the community aspect of people finding something that they can, I don't want to say latch on to, that's probably not the right word, but it's, again, that comfort level of, you know, knowing that what you're doing is helping somebody else. Yeah, that's cool. So... That's what I get out of the podcast more than anything. It's, it's not what I thought I would get out of it. And that's probably not why I decided to do it. Right. But that's, that's the reason they keep going. That's, that's been the fulfillment piece of it. That's, that's awesome. And to think, Chaz, I mean, we, we owe Chaz. <laughs> I owe Chaz for today, you know? Oh, my goodness gracious. Uh, I, I've been <laughs> – I'm going to have him on the other podcast that we talked about. Cool. Because we have a whole story. It's not just Chaz. It's actually the dorm. The dorm was probably, if you could think of the worst dormitory in college <laughs> to have. 
<laughs> Kathy was... Hall in downtown Palm Beach was because when people hear Palm Beach, oh well, you know, fancy. Oh no, Kathy <laughs> Dorm was right in the middle of the worst god awful part of town, and wow. it was run down. Rats would not move. Oh, you were coming down the hall. That's the type of dorm. That's where I got my start in wow. IT. Wow. They're just emboldened. Huh? Those hallway rats are like, ah, another person. We're good. Yeah, we were here first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're not. You're not moving me. Well, there's there's one last question I'd like to uh, ask you before we wrap up that I love to ask all all guests. Um, you know, if you were to as you as you reflect on on your career up to this point, and um, you know, even go back, you know, 23 years ago, knowing all that you know today, um, what advice would you try to give to? Uh, your younger self, you know, knowing all you know and experience that you've experienced that uh, may be great for another young listener that's that's on here today. Mm. Well, so, so I ended up speaking with somebody a couple of weeks ago who was just starting their journey. And I was listening to them explain to me what they thought their plans were going to be. Mm. And once I got finished listening to her, I remember thinking you're doing it backwards because she had already thought about, you know, all the products she was going to use and had already talked about, you know, this and that. I'm like, okay, do you have any customers yet? Hmm. She said, no. I said, you got to get your customer first. You got to see what they want and what you need to support them. Then you go do everything else. And I think what happens in general, a lot of times is text get into the business, at least people that I know, and it may not be true. You know, a lot of people get into IT because they love computers. They love gaming and they think it's, but they don't have the, the people skills or the business skills. Sure. And they just get into it thinking, oh, I'll just do this and things will work out. Well, you have to have a plan and your plan has to basically, in my opinion, evolve around your customers. So to some degree, you've got, to, you've got to get your customers. You've got to identify a need out there that you can satisfy. Now, it's easier today because there's so many things out there that have already done the work for you. Sure. So you can, you know, you can call up, you know, vendors that have worked with managed service providers. And if that's what you want to do, there's models out there. Mm-hmm. But, um, but you got to do the work first. Have a plan get your customers and make it work around that. Yeah, that's great advice. And I, and I like, you know, that ties back so nicely to, um, you know, some of the core business theory that, that has worked so well for you, uh, customer focused. And um, your advice to her was, well, what do your customers want? How do you know? <laughs> what do right. you, what, how do you know what you're going to provide before you know what they want? You know, and that, that, that's, that's really cool. And I think that's good advice for, for anyone listening. Marvin, this was a lot of fun, man. I, I, uh, thanks for, I'm glad you said fun. (laughs) No, it was man. Thanks for, thanks for, uh, you know, let me drag us down, uh, uh, the Dodge neon, you know, road for a little bit and, and also, uh, you know, throw back to Chaz. I want to meet this guy too. Not, I mean, I've talked, I want to meet Chaz too. So (laughs) maybe one day we can do a follow up and, you know, have a, have a, insight insight from from chaz and and the dorm 
I will make a note of that. And so as soon as I talk to Chaz, we'll talk about it and I'll, I'll call you back. Awesome, man. Awesome. Anything else that you'd like to uh, leave our listeners before we all sign off? Uh, wow. Outside of, you know, just everything that uh, we've talked about today, I feel like, wow, I didn't realize you were going to pull all of that out of me. So um, <laughs> the bottom line is, you know, we are at a great point in time in this industry. It has never been easier to start a computer repair, an IT professional, um, a managed service. It's never been easier to start these businesses. But I'll go back to the one thing that um, I always want to say now. It's harder to keep the customer than to get the customer. So focus on that. Yeah, no, that's that's good advice. Guys, go check out pod nuts and check out marvin's uh, uh podcast as well it's it's really great i had started consuming it and you know not only is it valuable but they do a great job and there's funny conversations and uh relevant conversations and and like he had said uh, uh obviously the feedback is good help help inside of uh this channel's business and thanks for what you do thanks for what you do for the community and and again i really appreciate your time such a busy guy uh spending time spending time with me here and tropical fargo and you and that that beautiful Fort Lauderdale man. You're in Fort Lauderdale, yeah. so uh, anytime you want to come down and and uh, walk along the beach, now I should probably tell you sometimes the sand is hot. <laughs> I so. heard that. that. That was in the last one too. Running, <laughs> running around, yeah. Unintended consequences, right? <laughs> but uh, happy to be here. Thank you again for for asking me. And anytime. Hey, thanks, man. Mm-hmm.